Alright, welcome back everybody! Today's another episode of What's the Friggin' Deal? Today we're asking ourselves, what's the friggin' deal with set life? These this, careers, what's the friggin' this, deal with these yeah. careers that we chose? With these careers. You kind of sound like the guy from, um, when I'm na na had a lone little baby and na na what's that what's that what? uh, I don't know that you can fall that little baby sit around <laughs> what's that song uh the right time it. the wrong me you know what you know that song oh, the right, the right time, time the wrong me, me. yeah just, it's like it's it sounds like a song that could have been in Trek but I don't think it was uh, yeah that the 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 Shrek exactly. is is uh what is that song? The Red right Oh no, I think it was actually take a look and see, take a look. A little is that baby blues is that blues traveler? Not is that anyone that is? give me oh. the run around that though. Wait, no, Ooh, are we thinking right of hey now? You're a rock star. <laughs> oh, that's what we were thinking. Now that's Shrek. It's that's like, Shrek. That's kind of like Today's episode is talking all about hey now, you're a rock star. Get your game on, hey. go play. No, yeah. I just need to find this song. Yeah, you gotta find right it. Uh, the, is it the know. right time? The wrong me? Is it the wrong me? That's what I, I thought. Think. Did it? Oh, little baby, <laughs> little baby, little tiny baby. What little tiny baby. Here? Okay, I don't know if I can find. I just typed in the right time, the wrong me, and I can't find anything because it's not. It's definitely not this band <laughs> called Delamitri. <laughs> Unless it is this band, little baby. Could be. No, it's not this band. <laughs> Wait, no, is it? Oh, it is this band. Okay. Man, I was so wrong. Okay, it's a band called Delamitri, which I never, I never heard the band name before. And you expected me the right to know time, that. the wrong me. Oh, it's, you know what? It's it's the right time to roll to me. Oh, that's what the lyric yes. is. Oh, yes. All right, now we get back on track. Okay, well there you have it. So that's I think that was talking. our question. <laughs> so that's why we're talking today about our careers as in the entertainment industry. The, the Great Business of Show, featuring your three hosts, Sam, Liam, and Drew. Yes, and he's back. So Sam and I are primarily uh, actors. That's our largest, like, yeah, I think that's our primary experience at, on set. And uh, I, I think it's, I'm intrigued to see how different it is for you, Drew. Just from the, the acting side of it, um... You know, so I, I did theater for a little bit in high school and I always just loved the camaraderie of it, but it wasn't like real act, acting. It was, you know, you're part of the ensemble, so you don't really have the spotlight on you. You don't really have to, there's an audition process, but you know, it's, it's not much. Um, I more so did just for, cause I like to hang out with the people and it was camaraderie and there's nothing like the, the time after a play, you know, you gotta I, remember, you, there's no small parts, only small actors. So. That's right. Don't, they, that's don't great try saying that those right productions were full of small actors. <laughs> and small really tiny actors. No, sorry, sorry. Well, yeah, the hanging out after the show. What we gonna I do? mean, like just the when the curtain, the curtain call, and you get together with your actor buddies after after you finish the production. It's nothing. Nothing. It's a it's a great feeling, you know, just because you're in you're in the trenches of it for so long together with all the rehearsals and 
like I did the musical. So we had to, you know, do all the tap dancing and the learn all the numbers and whatnot. And then I was always super fun. Did I, you, I, how did you do in the audition? Like, did you feel, did you like auditioning? Did you care? Were you nervous? I, I was definitely really nervous because I, I definitely like to be more in the background. Like I don't, I don't necessarily like to be the, the front of the crowd or whatever that whatever that phrase is the uh mm-hmm. put myself like in front of everybody i guess I, I like to be just more like blend in yeah. with everybody else which makes me perfect for the ensemble <laughs> um i can't sing so that was really awkward for me because you required us to sing for the musical but i could dance the hell out of that stage i would say that's really awesome. yeah yeah do you have I, taps still i don't have tap shoes no 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 i i think i rented them i guess i think they we rented uh, them for the show uh, we did thoroughly modern millie that was the play uh, did you do dance? Um, I did not in the sense of I danced in the play and we had rehearsals where we learned all the numbers. And I think because I couldn't sing at all, I kind of put my energy more into the dancing. Um, and my, cause I had done, I'd done sports up to that point. So I guess just athletically, I felt more comfortable like moving. Um, I did track and cross country and whatnot in high school. Um, and then I decided not to do track my junior and senior year and instead do the play so i transitioned to that but we had former broadway actors actually teaching us at the school they were the parents of one of the students so just really lucky like one of their daughter was really into theater so they volunteered to come teach us dance and tap and they were both on broadway they were a former broadway couple so it was a really lucky experience oh my god um, (laughs) that's awesome yeah yeah it was really cool uh they were really nice too but i remember they really encouraged me in my dancing and so I felt felt very safe on stage, but uh, yeah. <laughs> to do all the high kicks and the the twirling and all the moves and Dang. it was just lucky that the daughter was in like a couple grades below me, and she was kind of a wonder kid. At, I mean, growing up with two Broadway parents, she was just so good at it, felt so comfortable that they just volunteered. Did you guys do theater in, in high school? Is that how you got into acting for the first time, or was there is there or were, were you guys child actors prior to that, where you went to audi- like little commercial auditions in the Phoenix area? Oh, no, no. No. uh, Yeah, I was, I think the first like legit time, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this, like I would do skits at camp uh, and like as a kid or like. So you went to theater camp though? No, just like church camp. camp. But then we would have skits like at the end of the thing we would like put on and I would like, I would do that. And then for sure, high school was like, I think where I did like started into it, I guess doing uh yeah tried out for a play uh did a uh at the time or i guess it, it wasn't big at the time but like i had seen the um spider-man movie with uh willem dafoe's green goblin so i uh <laughs> did a willem dafoe's green goblin monologue as my monologue to do you remember it still <laughs> no no I okay don't. uh no i feel like if i saw it, i'd be like oh yeah you know but i don't what's so what inspired bad, the choice of the memory. green goblin monologue <laughs> I just like those characters. I think like I loved, like, I think he did an awesome job. I think they, it was just like, dang, this character, like he's awesome. He did a great job. And, was it the uh, scene where he's, in, he's talking to himself in the mirror? It's like the two sides of himself. Is I that think, what he chose? I think maybe, but it's I the scene where he goes, Spider-Man. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I thought he like specifically referenced Spider-Man, but maybe it is just, I think it might've been maybe the mirror one. Cause that's like the most. You go up. time. You, know? you go. Okay. This is um, Willem Dafoe from the new Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Thank you very much for your time. All right. Have a good day. <laughs> no, that was crazy. But yeah, then I uh, thought I did horrible. was super nervous during it. 
my mouth was dry as usual when I auditioned and then uh, just left. And then I was like, they what they do is they wait a few days and they debate on like who's going to be in the cast. And then they post the cast list outside like the theater door with everybody's ID number to see who is in there. And then you go meet for rehearsal. That's like a few days later. So I was just like, nope, I'm not going to go. Like, I already know that was like the worst performance in the world. So I'll never uh, go look at that list. And then, um, yeah, my brother's girlfriend at the time was like, well, you got to at least go check. Come on. I was like, no, you don't understand. This is so bad. I could never like do this. And then she's like, let's just go check. My gosh, you're insane. And then I went and looked and sure enough, I got in the cast and I was wow. Like, one of the yeah, I think one of the like main three, four, I'd say main four characters. And then the rest is history. No, yeah, I did, it was crazy. <laughs> like I remember doing like crazy stuff like that was your freshman year, though. So you right that away was you my jumped. sophomore year, sophomore year. But I did like because I think uh, my brother was when I was a freshman, my brother was a senior. So I like just like he showed me around campus and like showed me around all the stuff. And I like followed him to, he was in theater. And so I followed him and like sat in on one of their rehearsals and stuff and kind of watched, you know, and just kind of sat to the side and watched him. And then I was like, I'm going to try this. And you went, Hey, I can do that. Hey, I can do that. And then I tried it <laughs> on sophomore year. What was your introduction, Liam? Um, well, so my freshman year, I was in a theater class, like as part of my curriculum and I, at my first semester and like, I, I knew Sam before then and we were friends a bit. We didn't hang out a ton, but I like, I liked the theater kids and, uh, but I, I couldn't, I had uh, sports after school, so I could never be in the, the play, but I wanted to try out anyway. I don't know. I, I think I was just like, I saw everybody being like, oh, I'm nervous about this. And I wanted to be part of the group of being like, yeah, I'll me, I'm auditioning too, even though I told the guy that I can't do it already. And he said, okay. <laughs> and I don't know why you're auditioning, but fine. And um, I went and I did uh, Syndrome from the Incredibles uh, monologue where he says you stop <laughs> monologuing. And then, uh, and then I didn't, uh, I, was, I wasn't able to do the play. I don't think I got even called back or put in or anything, but then I, I started acting again in college when I was hanging out with Sam again and, or no, no, I don't think I was hanging out with him. I, I took a theater class and yeah, yeah. I took a theater class and a, a guy asked me to be a part of a play that he was putting on. And so I went, uh, I went to the first rehearsal and I stepped out of my car, closed the door and I looked up and uh, Sam had just parked. I probably hadn't seen Sam for, I don't know, two years at this time. And uh, I look up and I see Sam in the parking lot and I'm like, holy shit. Hell yeah. And, uh, and I was like, Liam? And he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Are you everybody because you guys, else? You guys weren't really friends in high school? Man, so we a little were, bit. Like, we, yeah. At like, the beginning. But then he went to college. And so we, I didn't really see him much. Yeah, I was and ahead we, of him a year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two mm -hmm. years. You were ahead or, of me two years in oh, of, in grades. in school grades. Yeah, because yeah. I'm I'm so much smarter. Yeah, That's you're only one one year old. Held back. And I was, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should be the same. Um, but uh, so then we hadn't talked in like two years because he was uh, busy being in college and I was busy being in high school. And then that when that happened, it was the it was reunited and it felt so good. That's very cool. When was the first time you kind of? 
so you guys go through college or university are and you were you i know sam you were a theater major right yeah liam what were you what was that was not your major though were no, you, his, I, you were history right psychology no? psychology yeah i was a psychology major and i would just take uh theater cl- acting classes because they i asked i was gonna minor in theater but then they were like you got to go to these classes where it's like all about other stuff than acting and i was like i ain't doing that and so i just said no i didn't want to do that and then i uh but uh, i just took as many acting classes as i could but primarily also just like tried out for any of the student films which there was tons and uh those were there's a lot of a lot of room in there to uh to learn i think because there was a lot of stuff went wrong on those sets which was interesting but um yeah um i what drew what was your how did you did you go to film you went to film school as well right no i actually i so i, I did those plays in high school just for fun just because i like the people and then i went to school and i had and I was not inter- I mean, I was not planning related to the arts at all. I was a history major. Um, I thought I was going to go more into like foreign service, actually, because I was studying Arabic and doing international studies at the same time. And I I studied abroad in Jordan. Um, and there's a lot I don't know about you, Drew. <laughs> yeah. What what part? Where did you study there? I studied in Amman. Oh. In Amman. Oh, so Petra's down south. Yeah, that's part of the most famous, like. Archaeological, archaological thing in jordan cool. yeah. <laughs> it's maybe like three hours south of amman which is the capital city okay um and yeah i was just taking arabic and doing international studies and uh that was my junior year of college but in between sophomore and junior year or i guess the start of junior year i had a lot of friends that were taking the film classes just for fun and so i decided to do the same and kind of just jumped into it and i always enjoyed like making kind of looking back upon it now like whenever there was the option to make a video for a project i always chose that route yeah for class and, yeah for class yeah, yeah. and i always be the person like behind the camera and i enjoyed creative writing a lot so i did creative writing courses in school which is a huge component to film obviously it's just the writing aspect of it um so i kind of knew i had like a, an eye for that i always loved film just like watching and absorbing it um and so i decided to jump into these kind of just these classes just for fun and just start taking film stuff and then uh, I love the production aspect of it. So I turned it into a minor just and try to rush through as many of the courses as I, as I could. And then for my senior year, instead of doing like a history thesis, I actually did a film thesis instead. So it was, in, it was, you know, making a, a 15 minute short um, and same thing where it's like, I think the camaraderie of filmmaking is what drew me toward to, towards it the most. Like I love the creative aspect, but I just love working with people on set and just having the ability to like review things together and discuss like there's so much discussion involved with film when you're, when you're kind of analyzing it. Um, and so I think it's just, just the family that you kind of form making things. I always am, am drawn to, and yeah. it's not like a solo endeavor, like a lot of arts are. Right. Um, I think because it requires like a whole community of people to actually make something. I mean, you can do things by yourself, but I find more satisfaction when it's achieved like with other people. Um, and just cause it, it's such a, it's such a, I mean, as we all know, like making something is so difficult and you really, really requires you to put yourself out there. So I think having other people around surrounding you and that you're working with to achieve those things helps alleviate some of the burden of creative creating things and just the, the hardship when things are reviewed and, and whatnot, like having a, a support system is really nice. So yeah. that's what. I really enjoyed about it. And so I did my thesis in film and yeah. And then I just, I just kind of loved it. And so I, but it's funny because like the thing in Jordan actually 
worked out such that when I, um, cause I was going, I was looking for a way to go back to Jordan for the summer after my study abroad semester. And the, the way I found back was through this thing called the Royal film commission, which is like the state funded national film group. And so I got an internship with them for the summer and I went back to Jordan by myself and just lived there for two or three months Dang. and, um, met the film community there and got to work on a feature film that was, that was shooting there at the time, like a small film. Um, and then I just kind of more so like felt like, okay, this is kind of, this could be a career potentially. And then lucky enough, when I was finishing my senior year, the director of that feature film from Jordan reached out and said, Hey, I have an opportunity. I'm doing another small independent feature. He was a, he's a professor at USC. And so he was getting a lot of USC folks in the master's program involved in it. Um, and he's like, do you want to AD? Like, I liked your, you seem like you're, that's a strong suit for you. Yeah. Um, I don't have any money, but I'll pay for your rent for two months in LA. If you want to come out and work on this, like, you know, really micro budget feature. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, in the, it, in the scheme of things, it is slightly like thinking about it now a little bit exploitative because he's taking all these young people and like, who are just eager to, to work on something. And, um, like they'll work for free to do it just because they want to either be in LA and be working in the business in some way. But, um, you know, it was a good opportunity for me just to meet people and, and have that launching point into the Los Angeles. Right. Cause I don't know what I would have, if I hadn't had that call though, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have moved to Los Angeles. I'm guessing Dang. because I just wasn't sure like everyone in my class, like where I go to school, it's not, it's not a film school at all. It's not known for film in any way, but we had, you know, really, close partnership with each other and the professors were all like really passionate about, about the work. So that was really helpful. Um, but I was the first person to move to LA. So I don't know what I would have done like otherwise. So, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that the opportunity happened. Um, Wait, yeah. and you, so you didn't know your wife uh, until you moved there. Exactly. Yeah. So this guy sort of, you got to, did you invite him as the best? Did you have him walk you down the aisle at your wedding? <laughs> uh, I did not. We have actually lost contact because funny enough, when I was applying to film, when I actually did go to film school for my master's degree, I was asking him for a review or a like um, referral or letter like of a, recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, don't go to film school. <laughs> funny enough. So uh, he, let, he wrote one to you, a letter of recommendation to not go to I, film school. Uh, we, we kind of lost contact, but I mean, I'm appreciative of the opportunity he gave to me. Um, and it, yeah, it, it made me move out here, which is that how this whole journey started. It gave me the confidence to at least like get my boots on the ground here. Yeah. Um, you should have just gotten right. to the highest, ex most expensive apartment and been like, okay, so I'm going to need five grand for rent this month. <laughs> no, it was actually <laughs> staying in the living room, the living room of these two USC students, ah. which, um, was really nice actually, because it gave me some community when I first moved here. Like, yeah. I mean, working on that feature film made it feel, cause I, I think LA can be a very isolating place when you first move here. I guess we can touch upon that. Like if you come alone because of it, it's all about networking in a lot of ways, the film industry, which it's so hard to get your foot in the door, unless you know people, honestly, like you'd work as hard as you can. But the, the key thing is just meeting as many people as possible because there's so many people that want to do what you want to do that the the way to get noticed or at least I feel kind of put your name maybe at the top of the list is to know somebody I would say so it was really yeah. nice just having that initial like community of USC master students who were like all you know between five to ten years older than me because I'm only 22 at this point so 
just made me feel more comfortable to be there and, and all that stuff. It, it, it actually worked out to live in this living room with these other two, two students. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I was, I was talking actually with Lauren about that, like the other day of like how I, I think a lot of times it's like, you have to be able to, you know, work for free, depending on what, what part of it you're trying to get into. It's like, obviously either, you know, someone already and they're just going to, you know, pull you up the ladder, like right off the bat, you know, because of nepotism or whatever, which is cool. You know, that works. I mean, you, you do hire who, you know, I get it. Like who you can trust, but, or you're able to work for free. And how do you do that? It's like, you either have to have, you know, like a trust fund or somehow some way to fund yourself, or you're going to have to somehow earn money on, another way and dedicate enough hours to earning enough money to live and survive and stay afloat while doing your other time to work for free at the beginning or whatever, where, so that you can start to get a network and get roots and get to know people and they can see how like awesome you are in the thing that you actually want to be doing. Like It's crazy. Like, yeah. So I think that's why people with like more resource have, well, you know, it's just one reason why they have an easier time is because it's like, even if they're equally as hard a worker and just as cool a person as like someone who doesn't have it, it's just like, it's just going to be easier because they don't have to worry about where am I going to sleep tonight? How am I going to eat all that stuff? Can I pay the electric bill and the phone bill? Should I subscribe to LA casting or save that $15 this month? That's not a, a negotiation they need to do in their mind. They can just be like, no, I'll work for free as much as possible. Whereas the other person would love to, but sometimes a yeah. thing. that's the only yeah. way I eat too is like, being on set so you get your lunches paid for yeah, it, and they got usually yeah. got dinner too because you're working long days so it was yeah. like basically I had my rent covered for the two months just i was sleeping in this living room and then i would have eat on set yeah and eat crafty all and day you just get as much as that's you crazy yeah, yeah so i didn't have to spend i didn't have to spend any money that whole time um so that was good but funny enough my main job when i first moved out after i finished that whole gig of as aiding that first feature was doing extra ec- or background work so i did do some acting so actually. you did uh, uh central casting you said central up? casting for yeah. like six months the first dang yeah did you do the uh call in i think we talked about it a little yeah, bit yeah you have to call in yeah yeah, yeah. And it was so the i guess 100? the was, one yeah yeah was twitter around at that time where they used that or not yet they did do facebook or so facebook, you could see yeah. the listings on facebook but yeah. most of it was literally just like you'd call in. Okay. So I guess for everyone that's not familiar with yeah. this. So <laughs> this in is- LA, there's the major like background casting group, which is called central casting. Um, and so for everyone that doesn't know, like so when you see a movie and there's all those people mulling around that aren't the principal actors. So the people talking on screen, those are all considered background actors or what you might say are extras. And so those are all people that are paid to kind of fill the frame and give it life. And so you, you know, all sorts of different people, but it's very dependent upon like what your look is. Cause they're tr- trying to fill like certain aesthetics for a scene. So like I would constantly have to call in and be like the, um, cause I'm, you know, I was 20 years old at the time. So I'd always be like the background of a bar or like a restaurant or like a party of some sort. Okay, um, yeah. or like, Sometimes I'd be able to get away with being if they were pushing the age group a little bit to be like a high schooler. Yeah, so I was like play, a high school every once in a while. Eighteen or to play younger. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. And, uh, yeah, when you're young, you can you sometimes have to play like yeah, high schooler or someone <laughs> under eighteen, even though your real age needs to be over eighteen, so they can work you any hours they want. And all that. Yeah, it's just yeah. a high school full of teachers. <laughs> and that's why you see like the OC. You're like, what the heck? This guy's thirty, and he's just like. 
I'm 17, mom. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. It's like, he probably has a kid who's telling him this at this point. <laughs> like, or could, oh you know? Gosh. That was such a, you'd almost have to spend, that was such a grind because like back, back when we were doing it like nine years ago, you'd have to call into this hotline, which listed out all the jobs available for the next day. And then you would try to, call in and get through the busy line because only had so many lines yeah. so you'd try to get through the line to get selected and you'd they'd have you in a whole database but i just remember you would spend like sometimes like three to four hours just calling this number again and again with the hopes of maybe booking a job yeah it was it took like almost a day of work just to get booked on something i, oh I got God. in right when it switched over so what they ended up like doing is yeah switching to like facebook and then you could put alerts on and then they would do it on twitter as well at a certain point where you could put alert on where I didn't have, I don't know if I had internet, I had internet on my phone, I think, but what had happened is they would post it on Twitter and it would text my phone. So then I would know, oh, okay, they need mails 20 to 40, like if it was just general, whatever. And then I'm like, all right, cool. And then you just, you call in and you call and call and call and it's busy. I once called like over 240 times just to like, and I got through once, you know, just calling, 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 but it's, it was crazy. And what some people would do as extras is they, if there, there are people who just like, that's their gig. That's how they make money. And uh, a lot of times what they do is they have a calling service. And it's still to this day. I just talked to a lady on set that it's the same thing where they have a calling service that calls for them. And then uh, and then they get a cut of the money or whatever. And they try to book them. I mean, you can stuff. make good if you're a SAG back. If you're a SAG in the union and you're a background actor, you can make decent money. It's hard to do it when you're non-union because the, it's just it's inconsistent work. So like I, I remember like my paychecks were you know, I don't, I couldn't survive off them now. Luckily my apartment in Glendale at the time was only $600 Dang. a month. Dang. What, so, year, what year was that? Did you move this in? This is 2012 okay. into 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, Holy shit. <laughs> a different time. But well, uh, the key thing was like the bumps too. Cause you, I, you, you try to get those. So you get these things called bumps. If you like had to shave your head or like take your shirt off in a scene or, or bring your car on set. or smokes, so you just, you'd be, I'd be hungry for the, I'd be searching out those different. Have bumps. you done any so of those you would just epic keep, ones? You would always just be in the line of uh, background people. And whenever the guy walked by, you'd hold up your uh, razor that you brought from home and be like, turn it on. Just go need me to shave my head. I'm ready. I'll do it. I would, I would do the haircuts. I would do the haircuts or the smoke ones. I'd always be down for. I try to get my car in there because at the time my car mm. wouldn't wouldn't actually be eligible now. But at the time I had a silver car, and they always wanted usually just like plain looking cars for the backgrounds, um, like nothing that they didn't like red or blue. Like now you've got sick ass flames coming or out you of your car. Or you couldn't do uh, black and white. They don't want because it's usually like the hero car will be black. You know, like the black SUV yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but that was totally great. But let's go backwards in time a little bit to your guys' <laughs> stories into um, like what, you know, you're in university, you're doing plays, doing theater. What makes you now want to pursue this as a potential career, or at least, you know, as a side gig for a little bit, but it's a passion of yours that you want to make into your, your, your livelihood. For me, I, uh, that's why I, well, I like, I guess I was encouraged to go well, in high school. I knew I wanted to do it. And then I was encouraged, you know, throughout by my parents to go to university. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. Plus, like at the time they had a thing where if you did so well on certain like tests and grades and whatever, you could get scholarships. To, so I was like, cool, they'll pay for me to go there. I guess I'll do that. Like, that seems like the sensible thing. So I went to just the state university and I was like, you know, to learn more about it, too. So then uh, I, that's why I went for a theater degree and uh, did acting. 
for those two years you were in Phoenix in Phoenix area, what were you like? Were you in was the acting scene? What was the acting scene like there? I would just anytime I could get auditions coming across, I would do it. But it's kind of few and far between, I feel like if you don't have like one of the agents, which I did not. So like even in high school, I won. Even then, though, even then, even if you had an agent, it would be so few and far between. Yeah, it's just rare that anything comes to town that's any bit of legit at all. So it's all just like local people doing local stuff, I feel like. But like I got on this one uh, feature called Cowboy Zombies. I think they changed the name now. <laughs> but I know I, you can't imagine to zombie would, cowboys. Yeah, you can't imagine what the what it would be about. But I'm gonna blow your mind. It was about cowboys who then turn to zombies and have to fight dun, zombies. Done, done. But uh, yeah, just whatever you can get your hands on. And uh, yeah, I think one of my one of the most fun ones talking about like camaraderie and all that stuff. Uh, was in in college we got i got a role on this one i don't know did we we both auditioned together for the hot shots one anyway liam and i both booked this film where we were playing firemen like the hot shots up in prescott i totally forgot about this one they parachute in and and uh they put out fires or help like prepare the land and forest to when big fires are coming so it's a pretty intense job and it's it's really nuts but anyway, it was a it was a student film at ASU, and uh, yeah, we both went up there for a few days, stayed in a like I don't know, big old cabin or whatever house. Yeah, it was a house, and then yeah, we would like lug the gear through the forest, and then uh, and then you know up these muddy hills, yeah, using probably our own boots and shoes and stuff, a tiny bit of like productions uh, costuming, and then you know shoot the scenes, and then yeah, it was it was just really fun times though because we were both just able to chill and you know yeah have, have a I, great time whenever just because there was you know such a small pool of people in like they say the industry out here is small uh arizona's is even smaller so when anybody there was multiple times where sam and i were on the same project and it was just like yes because <laughs> even if it sucks now and is a total waste of time at least we're i get to dick that. around with my buddy yeah <laughs> but that was always the best part of it in arizona and then Sam had to go ahead and move to LA. So that's why I had to move out here so I could get on the same project again. So did you move out with to, to live with Sam and Lauren as soon as you graduated? No, then, no. I guess you would have graduated at the same time. I thought you came, you came a few years later, right? I came a few years later because I was uh, going to pursue uh, uh, my whole career. And well, I, I, the plan was like always going back and forth between uh, PI and uh, acting. And then I was like, oh man, this shit sucks. So I'm going to go be an actor now. And, uh, but I'm still now out here doing PI work. But still, it's, uh, I think I, I came to the conclusion that I was like, Overall, I'm going to be much happier if I'm actually genuinely pursuing it because I was still taking roles out in Arizona, but I was just like, this just feels like it's a dead end thing. Uh, And there was a big thing in Arizona where I always felt like people complained about, you know, company like big movies that came out here to shoot would still bring their lead LA actors. And I was like, yeah, because they are (laughs) doing it. They made, they have made huge sacrifices. They have like spent the time and money and energy to make this a career. Why would it come? Why would a production company like transformers came out there once and they were like, Every people all over Facebook were freaking out. Arizona actor people were freaking out and they're like, that's so effed up that they would go and hire all this LA talent. And I'm like, this is a million hundred million dollar production. Why would they 
decide to uh, like put in all this money, but just because they film out here, they would go for a bunch of people who kind of act slightly act when they've got free time. They don't care enough to actually move to where you have to be to like, take it seriously. I I just think it was just such a bizarre thing that people were complaining about uh, that, like that they weren't getting hired when they haven't made any of the sacrifices to be a part of something like that, that to that state scale, I, I, it made no sense to me. Yeah. It's hard. Cause there's really only a few, I mean, I think every place has like a theater acting community and there's, there's an arts community everywhere, obviously, but there's very few areas in the country that are, you know, have the, I guess the name recognition in the sense for like, uh, for putting on bigger productions. So you obviously have LA and New York and then now Atlanta is growing a lot. Yeah. I think there's a really good arts community in Austin, obviously in Austin, Texas. Um, I think Nashville is growing a little bit. Uh, Florida has its own thing going on sometimes New Orleans, but yeah. you know, for, a, for a lot of, I mean, the thing is like, if in order to do like independent productions, you usually can't do them in LA or New York. Cause it's just so expensive for the really small stuff. So you usually go to these smaller places right. to do them, but you still have to bring somewhat name talent to any production in order to get it financed. That's, that's the trick, right? So you have to have the name. Re- that's all the investors care about is some sort of name recognition with the actors involved in your production. So it's always hard when you're trying to bring some sort of production to one of these smaller marketplaces. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Uh, with, uh, with that being said, and and getting into sort of the goofy highs and lows of all of our experiences, do you guys want to dive into uh, what some of the bizarre things that you've uh, experienced is on 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 uh, some of your earlier projects or current projects? Who knows? Well, yeah. Well, I'm just I'm curious, just in general though. Moving like when you first came to LA, like the experience of jumping into the pond of all of these people want to do the same thing you're doing and just getting your feet wet with it all and, and kind of understanding kind of what the lay of the land is a little bit. I mean, it's, it's so intimidating in a lot of ways to know where to go with it. Like, what was that like the first few months of just auditioning and grinding it out and trying to figure out like what the path is when you're here? Well, so I think that I honestly think that, uh, I feel my hand was very like, I, I, it was like spoon fed, handheld. I always had Sam Tucked and in. like, not only Sam to like ask and Sam and Lauren ask for uh, questions, but also anybody in their community. And I, I reached out to, uh, a, pretty much anybody I knew out here to at least meet for a drink and see if like they were like see how they were doing, catch up, let them know I was here, but also just like continue uh, having these relationships and, and say, you know, I don't know anything about anything. So it'll be nice to have all these people as sort of references. And so my, I feel anytime I had questions about, Hey, should I uh, like submit to an agency? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I get headshots? How much should I be paying for headshots? I always had people to ask for that. So I don't think I had the very typical experience. I think Sam, you I don't think you had near as many resources as I had. Yeah, I didn't know anybody when we came out here. But yeah, so we would, like I came out and I just had to figure everything out. I had no idea what actors access is, which is like the uh, the breakdowns. I'm sure you know what that, like that side of things. And then, uh, or LA casting, which is another casting site or any of this stuff, or like, getting headshots yeah i was able to just be like 
I put my like five years or four years or whatever it was at the time of knowledge to use, like to help Liam out. Cause it's like, I've already vetted this stuff because I've already learned by experience what not to do or what to do or whatever. Like, yeah, being an extra did that. And you learn, you try to learn stuff from that, but there's a lot of cuckoo birds on that. Like there's some cool people, but a lot of, there are quite a few, there are quite a few characters. It's just, it's yeah. just, cause there are a lot of people. I mean, some people that are, that do it for their main careers, like, it can be a smart play, but a lot of people, it, it feels like they have the craziest stories in LA who also do it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's a I grab bag it's, of madness. For it's sure. also just like, I think the whole, you know, I think, I think LA for sure. There's a, there's a, a lot of, you know, nut jobs out here just in general, but I think the whole concept of it, it, it is like a magnet for people to get into kind of weird situations because first thing, because the allure is so high of like, Oh, I, I do want success. And I don't really know anything about this industry. So I feel like a lot of times people can just sort of get into situations that are odd. Yeah. I think it's a huge mix. Yeah. But also I think also the other side of that, which is cool is that it, this what's cool about this city is that it attracts so many people who are really talented or whatever you know or want to do some like a creative field it's like and so where they came from it's like maybe there aren't as many opportunities or it's more difficult or whatever so then there's just tons of those people out here like this person oh i do fashion this person oh i want to be an actor it's like all this crazy stuff and you'll meet tons of other people who want to do it and are really smart and really creative and have their own ideas of what's like interesting and fun and like so when people talk about like the energy out here, whatever, like I do think that is a huge thing. It's very motivational and very different from where I grew up, even just in Phoenix, which is like a big city it has millions of people in it, but it's nowhere. It's does not feel the same at all as being out here with like so many like awesome people doing really cool stuff. I, I love that. For anyone thinking of moving out or wanting to do it, one, go for it. Do move out. That's awesome. And two, Get yourself, if you're an actor, get yourself in an acting class. Cause like I said, that's how, if you have no community, no, no one, you don't know anything, you'll be able to meet all these other people who are trying to do this. And you'll be also furthering your career along the way, which will be great. Yeah. yeah I think, I think as far as the energy, like you're saying, I, I think when you first get to LA, there is a mixture of taking on these jobs that either pay nothing or pay very little just to, get kind of your foot in the door a little bit, maybe do, do something that's a little bit out of your wheelhouse. Like maybe a big, like it, let's say you're mostly doing like background work or are playing smaller parts, like in order to get a bigger part, let's say, or at least have more of an opportunity to like be, be in a bigger set. If you're not on the acting side, if you're just in the, on the production side as a crew member, mm-hmm. so you might take those jobs and those are interesting. So you'll learn a lot of what to do, but probably more so what not to do just because, mm-hmm. you know, these productions that don't have very, much money, you know, it, it, you probably will learn about uh, maybe things that you don't want to do when you're doing it yourself. Yeah, I, I would say definitely. so that it's helpful in that regard, just paying attention to what's around you. But I think as far as creating projects that are very satisfactory to yourself and just very fulfilling creatively, it's because there are some people that doing what you want to do. It's very easy to put together projects with other people for very little money that are kind of in your same sort of space or level because you all want to be creating things that you're proud of and want to make. So if you can find those communities of people 
that are kind of at your same level and just want to produce cool things, it's really easy to find like that person that, oh, you're interested in wardrobe, but you haven't been given that opportunity yet to actually like, you know, maybe you've been an assistant in that, or you've been doing a side job and that's something you're interested in. You can find that person to fill that role or a production designer, actors too. It's like, oh, I've only been in these small parts, but I'm looking to like have a lead or I'm looking for a different character to play. Um, as a director, that's really helpful because it allows you to kind of, because I think in anything, people want to hire people that they've seen something similar that they've done. That's probably the big, the, that's the, the biggest hurdle I would say. It's like, you need to produce work that someone is exactly looking for for them to hire you for that in a lot of ways, at least on the directing side. Like they're not going to hire someone unless they can see a representation of what they want to create from what you from what from what your portfolio is. So you have to kind of do a lot of work on your own, um, either self-funding or something that's very little money in order to showcase a certain style or look that is ultimately what you want to be getting paid for. So yeah. and I think it's Oh, ahead, I think sorry. that's a huge part of that is like, or a huge, uh, like a great thing to know and to do is like, what do you want to be doing? Do that thing. You know what I mean? So if you want to be doing horror comedy, you know, then make horror comedy, even if it's the lowest budget, you know, shot on an iPhone thing that you could get together with your, your buddies, because then like you're saying, people who are like, say i'm you know i'm working for netflix and i'd like to produce another a horror comedy for 30 million dollars and like look at this fellow he made some on youtube and then it's like oh wow this guy and has I, a monocle yeah, obviously. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the monopoly man does work for netflix <laughs> oh that was a mandela effect oh yeah that's out. he didn't he actually have, have a monocle, monocle. Yeah. <laughs> except yeah. for whenever you dress up with the for him as halloween then yes. it always comes with a monocle but anyway yeah, go on. but yeah i think make the make the crap you want to you want to be involved with you know just I, always make what you want. I will say doing that. So just respect people about it. You know what I mean? Like, don't oh, be yeah. like, don't abuse because it, I think the biggest thing too, that you could um, like, I think you can get away with being an asshole for a little while in this business. But I think if you, the biggest thing you can be is be a kind person to be respectful of other people. Like that's the greatest asset. Like that's, what's going to make people want to work with you again. So definitely don't be selfish and an asshole about it. Like if you're asking for people's time, to work on something for little or no money, you like really respect that and needs to be flexible. You know, you can't be a tyrant with, you know, how you treat other people, especially in that regard. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's like taking it seriously and then also, yeah, treating everyone well. Cause it's exactly like you said, we all love the fact that we're working around with other people and creating awesome things together. And it's like, so I think one, that's why people tend to work with the same people. It's because once you find someone who's quality and who's easy to work with or awesome to work with and, you know, you get on with them, it's like, yes, work with them again, them again, you know, and that's why I think people see that a lot. And they're like, why is it, you know, why does Tim Burton always hire this, these people to act or what, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, because people level up together, I think. And once you find people that are, that you really enjoy working with, it's like, you want to keep them close, you know? Yeah. I think one, one, uh, like I do think that there's one thing people could do before they move here. If they're like stuck somewhere, well, like maybe finishing out college and they can't move here. I don't know, whatever the reason was, I, I guess there's never really a 100% reason, but like, I felt like I was stuck in Arizona for a while as I was figuring things out. But if you're still like trying to get in, if you, if you, wherever you live, you do have a, some semblance of a film community if you get involved in anything they've got during the time, I do feel like 
that is a huge step up because when you come out here, I, I know some people who have moved straight out here and it's hard to get on, on like even a smaller project just because the pool's much wider. There's, um, and also you're, you know, you, you've got to figure things out right when you get here, you, unless you're just set for life with money wise, but most people need to like work a bunch and they don't have the the time to do that. But I, I think when I moved out here, I had already been involved in a, not nothing huge, but like things that were on TV, at least I had some professional um, footage to cut together a reel, which I thought I think was severely helpful. So I think just yeah. like trying to get get involved in and also just knowing how to act on set and not get in the way and be a dickhead, I think is is that I think was a huge thing for me where I, if I didn't know how to do that, I would, I had to learn it somewhere. Some people can just go on and they know how to act. to be an asshole. I was going to yeah, say, how'd that work like, out for you? You still, uh, you still employing those techniques to this day on set? Well, I do it in, I, I'm learning in different ways not to be assholes. Like at the beginning when they'd be packing up, I'd be like, it's, you know, if I was, uh, an actor on some student film, I'd be like, okay, I, I, I'd be super a douchebag if I just left right now. It's time to help these guys all clean up their super expensive stuff. And they'd be like, don't judge that. What are yeah, you please, doing? Please, please. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. And I'd just be like, oh, okay. So I just like, I just leave. And they'd be like, yeah, you're done. I'd be like, oh, okay. Hell yeah. And so I'd just be like, like knowing that I don't have to I not only do I not have to be involved in the cleanup, but please, God, don't touch my shit is like more the feeling that I got where it wasn't like we're being polite to not let you make you clean up. They're like, please don't break shit, dude. This I, costs a lot. So as someone who does do like a casting call for a project, mm -hmm. it is sometimes it's crazy when you submit like a certain age range or range or a certain look. And then you get like hundreds of submissions to fit that that part, and those can range like quite a bit. Like sometimes yeah. people stretch themselves a little bit as far as like what they're the box they're fitting into as far sure. as what you're asking for. But it is like a, I'm very curious, especially on the on the audition process side for you all, because that's such a unique position that I think when we're on the other side of the table, like our our feelings towards the actors that come in, like it's. Um, you know, I, I just wonder how, how because, the you know, how many auditions, for example, do you do for everything that you book, like on average, would you say? Like, what's the ratio? Oh, 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 of like, how many do we do versus how many of the ones do we Yeah, do we like, get? do you book yeah, one out of exactly. 50, God. one out of a million, one out of a billion? <laughs> As in my I think probably mine's <laughs> like a billion. No, I, yeah, I would say, that. I don't know what, one in like, I'd say probably, I mean, I think. Mine's 50 probably sounds reasonable. Yeah, mine's maybe either fifty to a hundred fifty. It's, it's a big yeah. range. Mine, I, I, I that think, is tough to. I think I went all of twenty twenty. I don't think I booked in twenty twenty. I'm pretty sure, but I got auditions. Like I got some uh, self tapes. I got all kinds of different stuff. Mine's and, one and, for one, actually. I'm going to change I, my answer. I've never not booked. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. It also, when... it also depends if you're non-union or union, because once you're union, uh, you can only do union projects. So that now the pool is even smaller and your competition is all union. So there it ranges from someone who just got their card yesterday to someone who's been doing it for 12 years since they were a little kid and is like on the Ritz commercial and, and done every, you know. Yeah. So it's. 
now you're up to that. Like it, it, it changes it to the number of auditions you get, I think. And whatever's, you know, there's a million factors. Yeah. Because, because I just, on the other side, it's like, because we're so focused on making this one project, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's our baby yeah. in a lot of ways, like, and we're dedicating however many months or even years to this one singular thing. And then as far as for the actors that come into audition, it's like, that might be one out of, you know, 20 things they've done that week. Um, like before I got on this call, I did two different auditions. Liam helped me with some self tapes. And so I've done two auditions this afternoon, but it's because everything in COVID times, usually the first level of audition is like always self tape now, which is pretty nice. Cause we can do them from our house, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, so yeah, two radically different auditions, one for a TV show, like a legit TV show, one for like a more, uh, indie feature film. And, uh, yeah, it's like you have a lot coming at you. But what you're saying, like, do they dedicate the same energy to that to each project of like? No, no, just the, the way in which like the mindset's different. Like you have to let things wash over you. Like it's a oh, really yeah. brave. I mean, as someone who, who sees people come into a room and put themselves out there and actually deliver like really comp- compelling performances, whether they get the part or not. It's like the goal when you're doing that, I'm assuming is like you're trying to earn the part. You want to do the best you can. You know, you, there's only so much time you can dedicate it to it. Obviously, like you have to look, we're realistic in that sense. Like, but um, just that there's this energy as to be poured into this thing with the hope that you'll book the job. But then also the mindset that it's like, I'm probably the odds are against me in a lot of ways. Like, and just to let that wash over you like that, that how to balance. I guess my question is more so like, how do you balance that rejection with like the confidence when you come into a room and how do you let it wash? Like, it's a very Zen thing. I think you need to have as an actor, which, you know, it's, it's the thing that would intimidate me most, like having to put myself out there, like continuously again and again and again, where you might not even get an answer back at all about how you did. And so like, how you, <laughs> yeah, you know, lot, which is probably really frustrating, you know? Oh, uh, it's, that's 99% of the time. Would you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think you almost never do sometimes you can call and call a cast and be like, how do you do like, or whatever. But I think, I think I might've told you this, Tom whatever Hanks, advice you're about to say. And someone else. Yeah. Maybe it was Liam Holly. I believe was the one. No. Uh, where it's like each audition it, that's, that is a performance, you know? So I, I do, that was like, opened my mind up like two years ago. I was like, Oh, that's so true. Like you're, you treat each one as, wow, I just booked this performance right here because you did. I mean, out of sometimes it's out of several thousand submissions and then only several hundred will come in or send off a tape or whatever it is, or even several dozen depending. And it's a, so you have to kind of treat it and, and mentally know like, Oh, nice. I just booked this mini role, this mini part. And sometimes it's one line. Sometimes it's three, four pages. Just, so, just real quick, just for the, I think you need to explain that for people who uh, might not understand the self-taped things are typically that it's not an open submission. It's either you personally submitted yourself or an agent or a manager has submitted you and then they reach. So they get a full pool of, it could be thousands and thousands and thousands of options. And they reach out to people that they think might fit the uh, thing, whether the role based on headshots or reels. So then they send out. Uh, so that's the first audition. You've already had to pass sort of a gatekeeper. Yeah. The casting directors get your headshot, which is just a little thumbnail of your picture of you. And then um, if they want to look deeper, they can watch a reel or look at a resume, which they're never going to. But like they could, you know, they could if they're like if it's already down to a small. If they're pool. insane. No, like if it was down to a small yeah, yeah, pool yeah. or if it's like a special skill, like can this guy do acrobatics? Because this is a circus role or whatever, you know, and then uh, and then. Yeah. So they sift through 
thousands of thumbnails and then they're like okay we think these guys or we know that guy yeah he's good he always proves himself all right these people you know okay boom 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 then they call in yeah several hundred or sometimes just several scores you know and then you that that man you booked that's so each audition i think is a performance and so that's why it's like i'm gonna do my best work with this character and then yeah i'm gonna let it go and peace out whatever happens in the future that's eh, not up to me like i'm not yeah i think you're right like how you're said it. like you have to be very zen i guess where it's just how like you, e, let it go when you walk into it like it's different for a self tape because obviously you can control the environment but when you walk into a room for an audition with with people obviously and, and there might be like 20 people in front of you. you might have the cast directors producers the director potentially someone filming you the reader who you know i you know the goal obviously is for them to probably almost be as monotone as possible obviously in some ways like where they don't want to like be influencing the actor too much yeah um as far as like, they, they're not going to want to oversell the performance in yeah. some way on their end yeah. but like how do you react in this like how do you what is your process for taking in the room a little bit and absorbing it or ignoring it? Do you want to, well, you want hit and Sam, you take it first and I'll, and then I'll, I'll go. Then I'll say, I don't care. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, um, so if I'm just sitting there thinking about like, uh, like running my lines over and over, it's just like, I just two in my head, it's messed up. It doesn't work. So what I found is like, if I'm chilled out and I just like, start having conversation even just like small talk whatever i'm just like yeah you guys been doing a lot of these oh yeah man how about this you know just bring up whatever kind of random thing you know like oh you've been to morocco nice how was marrakesh yeah okay cool you know like it just like gets my <laughs> these mind these are well-traveled <laughs> actors <laughs> yeah yeah so, I so think you talk some, to people so that's been a pretty good like thing but obviously some people do need to be in their process or in their zone like especially depending on the role they need to do their own thing which i totally get i didn't I know you that. did that i told you that i started doing it and it was awesome like the last like probably 10 12 i was on and i just like yeah okay like dude you didn't know I'm, sam how would that make you feel liam if you're on an audition because i'm just starts like, chatting you up because i just wouldn't like, mind we're, we're all yeah i feel like you definitely wouldn't because i feel like you're that style kind of like in a in a new situation with new people well, you're just like even up. even in those eight time i feel like i'm a, a very I, I i get bored i'm hanging out it sucks when you're just like sitting in a room when when we used to go like when i first moved here i did go to a few auditions in person before uh, covid hit and uh and people like people are just very nervous it's like a doctor's office waiting room it feels but like because everybody's like, yeah well but i i'm like yeah i guess like a cancer ward waiting room <laughs> where everybody's just like either learning if they do or don't have cancer God. and everyone's just like and like there's i don't know so i i don't i don't um i think except i try you, except take, you have to do a dance for the doctor to determine yeah. whether the diagnosis is good or bad pretty much. <laughs> yeah pretty yeah. much oh which and, that's what we need to get into next is horrible audition stories but go ahead yeah well no i think i i think uh when i get there i uh, get i i feel like i uh, sometimes i'll just be like peppy and and you know trying to not not I could freak myself out if I wanted to, I think, if I just like focused and focused on like, oh shit, this is big, this is big. And I made it a bigger thing in my mind. But I think I always am like, eh, don't worry about it and it'll be fine. And like, you know, make sure you know what your lines are, or at least that you have the script somewhere on hand. But I feel like when I get there, that is not the vibe of the room. And the fact that I hear you do that and talk to people is hilarious to me because I feel like if I did that, people would. I've been in, they would hate me and they probably hate me, but I'm like, I've only started it. Like, like I said, maybe the last 10, 15 that I was on 
and it was just so freeing for me. It just made there, it easy. there is times like where easier. I think I I learn I lean towards like if something's kind of strange, which a lot of these auditions are, where they're like, okay, so you and your friends, you haven't seen each other in ten years. You show up at this winery, okay? All right, we're just gonna improv some scenes. Go for it. Take it away. And so, like, I feel like if I'm in a situation like that, I will definitely go towards the crazy or weird thing and uh, or, or just absurd thing. And whenever there's other people in an audition with you, because sometimes it'll be like, you're for this role, you're for this role, you're yeah. for this role, and you're for this role. You four are a pair, go together. I think everybody hates me after that because I'll say something that's just like sort of a joke. No, so it, it's you'll either like me or hate me because people will either go, <laughs> like they'll be able to play off of it or other people will go like, why the fuck would you say that? And they won't say that, but they'll look at me like that. And then it's just, they're like, after we're done, it's just like, why did this asshole ruin this for me? We know very well Not in Dudge, from Dungeons and Deals. We know very well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the routes you can take us on. Yeah, we'll yeah. always try to set his <laughs> fellows up with uh, the worst possible situation that he could think of. Oh, but I will say on Drew's note of like the, the whole, I do think self-tapes is a huge difference where it's like you don't have to, you don't have to drive somewhere like make put something into your schedule you can do it whenever i think it's a to it totally changes the playing field in a good way so when you actually get a call back you have put in the minimal amount of like uh like it, it is it is not destroyed like a total day of your job or whatever it is just to get to this audition like because a callback they've narrowed it down to you know two percent or three percent of who they are going to choose so I think that is makes it a big difference and it makes it easier to not like put so much weight into like, oh, I wonder if they'll call me back or anything. You just send it in and you're like, I assume I'm not going to hear back and I just chill. What's the uh, what's so what's the craziest audition process that you've had to go through? I guess that without without blacklisting yourself in Hollywood. OK, so, well, one, this was in uh, this was in Arizona. It was for a feature film. I went to it and it's, this is not a good one. This it's like a, Oh, that's not good. That's <laughs> shitty. Uh, but like I went in and I did the audition. And then at the end of the audition, the whole thing was like that. She was the producer was also the lead in the project. And she was, it was for no pay or anything like that. And she was playing, supposed to be playing sort of like a female James Bond. And I was going in for the male uh, role. And so after the audition where we read lines for each other, her and her friend, who was the other producer, they were like, OK, so, uh, you know, this is for the, uh, you know, the uh, relationship, the, the, the male lead who's going to be sort of like, you know, the the you know the sexual opposite or whatever of the, the, the female lead, which is her. So. We're going to need to do like sort of a chemistry run real quick. And uh, you guys are going to make out right now. And they had me make out, And I was like, OK. And they had me make out with her, which I, I did. Because first thing I was like, this would be bizarre if I was just like, no, fuck this and ran out. And uh, and so. So, yeah, I made out with her and then we left. And then I talked to like two of my buddies who went to the same thing and they're like, I was like, hey, they make you make out with her? And they're like, yeah, I thought that was weird. Oh and they made a butt. Like, so every dude that came in for the lead, that chick made out with, what which is heck? like, 
bizarro. Dude. So that was for one a of no the pay. for a no bull pay bullcrap thing. The whole thing was just like a, a, a wash from the beginning, and I it was just bizarre to be like, okay, I guess. What's your crazy yeah. story? For, tech, for techniques, I think uh, I do want to hear. Like, yeah, if you have any like um, funny, if you have any funny stories too, or techniques you've applied, or crazy things you've seen, because like sometimes actors are insane in the rooms, and like people have brought like if the scene requires a knife or a gun, they'll bring a real knife or gun. Or if a it's dude like, or, on a shoot that I did, uh, we were there was gangsters, and a guy brought a real gun to a school. Oh my God. Yeah. That was yeah, crazy. It's insane. Or like uh, in the casting or the or or the classic one for poor readers is that actors. <laughs> if it's like a like even a verbal altercation or something where it's like, you don't tell me what to do. Like, you know, some sort of fight that it's like they'll freak out on the reader and like readers have been grabbed by their shirts before and like, ah, like shaking and stuff. And so like the casting has to like tell them like, hey, remember, guys. Do not touch the reader. Don't do anything if you're feeling like that, you know, like because they just go too nuts with it. But uh, but yeah, so I want to hear if you have any of those later. But also, but for my crazy stories, I'm trying to think I, I was try- I've had so many insane auditions, I feel like. But like, I'm trying to think of where you've acted insane, where I've uh, attacked <laughs> readers. Those all those stories are actually me. <laughs> no, uh, like I remember I had one not like too long ago in uh santa monica for this like some vr i think it was like a game actually but where they were gonna like mocap you and stuff so uh but it was like you know there i think there were cutscenes too because you had to do acting and they would just yeah like you said capture your body's movements and um and but like i go in and it's like pretty typical ish like setup like they're back like there's you know three four people in there a camera person and then it's like an open space and they're like, so you're going to act out like there was a scene that I'd memorized, but then it's like, you're going to like act it all out here. Like you can just use this world as your environment. And there was like essentially nothing in there. So you're just making it all up. And they're like, you're going to go over there and then open this treasure chest, use the tools and like, show us how you'd use the tools to do it. And I was like, what? And like, but instead of, so in a normal audition, they always just have like the camera on a tripod and the guy just like, you know, follows you or whatever with the tripod. No, this one's handheld and he's like following you around like he's getting crazy angles. I'm just like, I don't know if you guys are like the crazy like pros like of the future that I've never heard of or I'm just, you know, or I'm the normal one and you're insane. <laughs> like it was just so weird, like because they're like, go over here and they like follow you and then they like go over to the treasure chest and like pretend to open it with tools. It was just very bizarre. I believe it's always so like from someone that's had to do auditions for characters that are are because like let's say i had to do a project where there were no speaking lines necessarily but Mm. there were still critical things that needed to be done as far as actions yeah and so it feels so silly though sometimes to ask like so usually what what i would do is like maybe first just put together a scene just just a no performance just like that doesn't maybe for scene from another movie or something like that to first just like make them comfortable in the room and then just walk through a normal scene just to have it be like a standard like audition, I would say more so. But then you need to see certain like activities being done, like jogging or running or whatever. And then you have to, you want them to do those things. And it just feels like it's always so awkward to do the things that feel kind of mimed and you're not in the real space to do them. Um, 
that's always just such a tricky thing to do. I don't, I, I don't even, I don't have a solution for that necessarily, I but think it's like commercials do that a lot. And yeah. so they have a good, I think they do a good job of that because a lot of times they'll have the props. So for the driving ones, they always have a, the, the wheel it's like built on a little wood thing. And then you at least have a driving wheel, you know? So the, and they put four chairs out always. So it's like the driver's side and then the two kids in the back or whatever the scene is, or, uh, or, or if it's like, you know, stirring spaghetti or whatever, they'll at least give you a, usually oftentimes a spoon in a pot or whatever. And like, so you have some business you can be doing. So they're like, Oh, you look like a normal human being doing this. Cause a lot of times, yeah, commercials won't even have uh, dialogue or it'll be very minimal just like thanks sweetie or whatever the you know freaking thing is daddy dad so yeah a lot of that uh, a lot of baby adult commercials or whatever <laughs> where you were <laughs> Sam and I were playing baby. a baby <laughs> an, adult. an adult baby <laughs> and uh no but uh I think they've kind of like mastered that form where it's like it you know there it's you have to do an action but you're not out in the unit, like the real set doing the must action. be nice that you went to those auditions. Yeah, yeah, those are much. They do a much better job than just as because like, theatrical. As, yeah, you're like a lot of times theatrical. They're like, dude, don't bring props, don't do all that. Like sometimes you'll dress up as like uh, if you're they want you in like nurses scrubs or something. It's like, oh, if you have scrubs, bring them because that'll be nice. But everything else is like, don't put on a costume, don't bring in props. It's like. It's a, does it exist in normal life, like a watch or a phone? Then that's all you can do. Um, my, that reminded me of another goofy audition that I went to uh, where it was for a commercial. And the commercial was like, first thing, it was, it was like one audition and you get it. So the whole marketing team of the company was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, there it was, I think it was for some sort of product that they sell at the supermarket. And it was that the guy was going to be going down the aisles, kind of jamming out on a hoverboard until he finds the the product. And then he's like, this is the shit. So you're so for the first thing I go in and they're like, OK, so there's the hoverboard kind of feel it out. We'll give you like 30 seconds to sort of get the hang of it. And I'm like, all right. And I step on it. And I'm like, I do not have the hang of this thing at all. So there are there's already nine, nine eight people watching me currently. Wait, is there a real like, hoverboard in this yeah, audition? The, the hoverboards. Ex- I didn't even know hoverboards exist. No, sorry. The hoverboard <laughs> no, the, is like uh, the Segway two wheel oh, thing. Oh, the, the, it's like yeah, the platform yeah, yeah, yeah. with the two wheels on the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, and, oh, it's so, so like back to the future <laughs> shit. Where it's like, actually have it. Yeah. So it was the it was that like janky like fucking uh, yeah, two yeah, wheel yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. The thing and a lot so of kids are on. Yeah. I stand yeah. on it quickly. <laughs> I try and like stand on it without eating shit immediately. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of like, whoa, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of get. And they're like, okay, so now, uh, and and I'm like, I just started to get up my balance. And they're like, now we're gonna turn on some tunes and just have fun with it. Just go nuts. And I'm like, all right. And so they like blast some music, and then I'm just like. Whoa! Ah, okay, having fun, having fun. Whoa, fuck! Like, and I'm like, just almost eating shit every second, and and they're just like, yeah, no, like, have fun with it. Be like, and I'm like, dude, you are telling me to like, like, have more fun, and I'm like, I'm trying to not fucking die and bash my head on the ground. It's tough to have fun with it currently, buddy. (laughs) Which is such uh, a classic. That is like, 
exactly a perfect illustration of how it is. You're in there, everybody's like competition kind of, and nervous, and weird, and whatever, and then they're just screaming at you from behind, like, just have fun with it, just throw it away, just have fun with it, and you're like, I'm like, I'm trying to focus on this weird technology that I have never used in my life, I'm trying to work it out to where I don't just fall off and eat shit, and the majority of that entire thing was me just like, Whoa, having to take like catch myself by taking my foot off of it, then get back on, pretend I'm loving it and dancing. And they're just like, all right, thank you very much. And I'm like, dudes, I know I didn't get it. I know all my the entire time was me struggling to stand, like to not eat shit. Like, dude, there's no way that you guys got an idea. I just thought it was hilarious that they made you stand on that fucking thing that death trap during the i'm surprised no but there wasn't like blood all over the goddamn audition room man and it's by the worst direction you could give just throw it away just let it go be loose you're I like mean, okay what they're saying yeah. i know head. but it's just like it's not helpful at all to get you out of your head at all so just be like oh just like, you know just just be like you know be casual with it you know it's like somebody dealing with depression you go up to them and you're like just be happy man that's what fun. are you doing just being so sad all the time? Just yeah. have fun with it. <laughs> what's the worst? What's the worst direction you've gotten either in audition or even on set? That's just like throwing you for a complete loop. Well, or is unhelpful. I was gonna say an insane audition I had with uh, where I had to sing. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they had, no oh jump into that. Yeah, yeah, I had one yeah. where they, in, they gave me it, and it was like, okay, cool, cool. There's like three pages, three, four, or five pages of sides or something. So it was just awesome. Like, That's a was, lot, though. Yeah, it was a nice role. Like it would have been, it was a big role you know, for like it's a big, uh, <laughs> big show, you know. And then they're like, and also your character, like, what we need to see is you to sing. I'm like, okay. Like here's your. They song. didn't say it beforehand. The, and well, it was in, all this is in the audition, and I in, in the like the thing I got. It breakdown. was just, luckily it was a self tape, yeah, and a breakdown. Oh, and but then I see it, and it's like, and I'm telling you, I'm not going from Dream Girls, and I'm like, what? And then I I didn't even know the song at the time. I don't know how I missed this in the, the cultural zeitgeist, but then I look it up, and it's like, if you guys don't know this song, like I didn't, this. When it first came on Broadway in Dreamgirls, it was uh, in the 80s. Jennifer Holliday won a Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical and a Grammy for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance. And it's like, and it became a number one hit for her. Like, in and she is incredible on it. And she has one of the most incredible, like powerful voices in American, like US history of music. Then Dreamgirls the movie got made and Jennifer Hudson does it. And she wins an Academy Award for best actress, best supporting actress. And like she, her, her version of it goes on to become a top single. So it's like these powerful, incredible, incredible singers like the best that america's ever produced singers have done this song and they're like so just go ahead and, and get, you know sing that so we can hear it. and it's like and i'm uh i have a male voice so i gotta sing this like a, a song like a female song and it's not like super high or anything but it was just like it's already been done the best it's ever gonna be done in the pl- history of the world what do you want me to do with this thing like it was just rough so i I gave her my all and I uh, like I didn't know the song. So I had to learn it in like an afternoon, do it like in, and I had to sing like I over a minute of like quite a bit. It was not I don't think it was just like 
16 bars. It was a lot. Like, I think the whole thing actually. And like, you know, I'm in there and the editing trying to like, just cut the, Oh, how I cheated was <laughs> I set up two. I cameras. just submitted that girl's. Yeah. I just thing. put, oh. yeah. I just put Jennifer Hudson. No, uh, I did like two camera angles. And so I'd like sing, sing as much as I know of it over here. And then I cut to over here. Like, so that I could like, <laughs> re, like do it. Cause it's just like, Man, it was then an over the shoulder shot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But man, that's that, hilarious. That thing, it's like they're like, "How about one of the best songs, the most awarded songs in history?" You, you think you got it? I'm like, I'll try. Yeah, I, I do think like most of the stuff that they say, even like in auditions, at least it's some of it. You're like, in the moment, you're like, that is unhelpful. But I'm also like, I don't have any better. I wouldn't know how to tell somebody to try that. I, I, oh, like, yeah. Maybe they'd have like a, a hoverboard outside in the lobby that people could start practicing on or something. But like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like most I've never felt like somebody was trying to fuck me over big time or anything, which I, I think, think is yeah. important. But uh, no, I think like I do think like it, the casting, that's the other thing is like with self tapes or with before self tapes like when you could go in much more it's nice because you can get direction and try it different ways because they know what they're trying to get out of it and they're so that they can send you know the next people up the line producers and directors and everyone the best version that they can because it makes them look awesome makes us look awesome it's great for everybody because they can find the right people for the project so i do think like that casting they usually always do a great job of like i i feel like they because they have the, your best interest in mind because hello it lines up with their best interest too you know and so they I, I i i've gotten directions like you know just throw it away and stuff and like for like a sitcom show it makes perfect sense it's like okay don't don't make a meal out of it just you know throw that one away and move on to the next one you know like i i think all those like those technical things especially for technical programming like you know sitcoms or all like many or uh, or uh soap operas i've been out for a few soap operas you know there's there's just certain things that they need to do and like how they make this type of programming so they know what they need and they're trying to get that and I think once you understand that you don't have to be all like actory and up in your head and like oh no like did I did I mess this whole thing up they hate me so much it's like no no just totally give me what what do you need what do we want to do we want to do a little more silly like is this guy more loosey goosey okay like let's try that you know like. And they can always throw away the take because they'll do a. They'll, they'll sometimes have time if they're like, you know, thinking you've got something in you, you know, then they'll they'll be able to do a few. So I, I don't think like as on your being on your side of it, like, I don't think you have to shy away from that or be like, all right, let me think how I can get this actor there. It's like for a lot of actors, I, I mean, some are, you know, different levels of their journey. But I think for a lot of them, you can be a little more technical of like trying to zone in on what's the issue. That makes just, sense. This is definitely going to have to be a two or a three parter, I think, for the, like, because <laughs> yeah, I because yeah. I'm still I'm, I have so many questions for Drew about things that he's been involved in in auditioning um, to name people who have been the worst that have auditioned. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like, like bring the headshots. Like, <laughs> I do think that there is two ma major sides and I and like we haven't even gotten into the insane shit that happens on, set. on the set, yeah, which is I think is hilarious. But like uh, Drew, like have you you've casted for films the like that you've been involved in, correct? Like that you've directed or what? Yeah, I, mean, I think early earlier on, I've done things where I've done the casting myself from the beginning, you know, where you actually put the sides up on actors access or LA casting. So that was when I first moved to LA. 
then luckily I was able to hire a casting director for certain projects. So they do a lot of the work for you of at least narrowing it down. So maybe you're seeing, you know, like you, well, you, there's like, maybe you see like a hundred self tapes, but then it narrows down to like the 10 people you actually have in the room. Sure. Um, and then you might have like more callbacks where you just try to pair people together to see how the chemistry would fit. Um, so there's that whole process, but it's, I mean, I'm, I'm still learning too at it. So it's, it's still intimidating when you're in the room and just, you know, you almost feel like it's almost an audition for you in a lot of ways to make sure the chemistry is going to work with the actor as far as giving direction. So there's a lot of, I don't know if this is what you guys think about, but I at least look at it as like, how well can I deliver direction that will be able to like be in sync on set, you know? Cause one of the things is, is like, you don't, you don't have a lot of time on smaller productions as far as like one for rehearsal days, because you want to be respectful of people's like work they put into it. Like you might be able to fit in like an afternoon of rehearsal if you can, um, or like a couple days at maximum. So you don't really get to rehearse, at, you know, all the scenes that you might want to. Um, and then on set, you're always just crunched for time. So you kind of just like from the outset, you kind of just want to make sure that there's like a meshing of the minds there in the initial, when you're in the room with each other. Um, at least when you're getting to that, like the callback stage where you feel like you're getting each other, you're, not necessarily reading each other's minds, but the way in which you deliver direction is somewhat like understood by the person they are giving the direction to. Um, and also seeing like how they feed into like, there's like a back and forth. Cause it's always nice when you're on set and they're like, they have their own ideas about things. Obviously you don't want to, it's not like, at least when I look at it, you're not looking for like a robot that's just articulating exactly like what you have, you know, you have, you have like a, you know, a blueprint for what you're looking for, but it is nice when the person has like their own ideas or is excited about the character and, kind of comes into the room with like just um you know certain characterizations as you go further along in the audition process or you're maybe in the last like two people a little bit potentially between roles and just talking about like how they perceive the character and whatnot um so yeah there's like nuances i guess to the different stages of, of of the direction but for me it's it's also a little bit of like an audition for myself with this person. What's the, what's the big, the, uh, the audition that you've been involved in that you felt either the stupidest in or the, like ha has any fallen apart without giving any names that it was Sam. It was the one audition. <laughs> one to rule I think, them all. I mean, I've done a lot of things with kids actually. And kids are tough because, mm. well, just like the main thing is, Oh, so like, let's say like, Usually you're not getting like lengthy sides to the kids because the parts aren't like too crazy, at least, you know, for that under, you know, you didn't cast old. Dennis the Menace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just, you have to be really flexible with it because you might have a kid that's like either, you know, one really nervous walking into the room, which is completely fine and understandable. Or they might not, not be able to articulate the lines as you've written them just because that's not like their ability in that sense. Like they're, they're more like a little bit loose with it. They're not as rigid as reading lines. So just being flexible with how you approach it and kind of reading the room very strongly with the kid that you're dealing with and that, you know, making it a very individual process. But yeah, a lot of it's like props, like building in props and to play with or just interacting or even almost like showcase, like almost giving like a, like in, in one way we, because the scene involved them having a diorama, like maybe giving a, like a class presentation about it, like what that would be like for them to see what the performance might be be like so different ways of getting them to perform that aren't necessarily oriented towards like a scene possibly but oh, so you just get cool. kids that that freeze and so then it's just like you're just trying to comfort them in a lot of ways so that's always like you know or that you just don't want them to like you feel bad like you don't want them to get like in their head about it and just like really uh like internalize i guess the job they're doing so it's those things are always a little awkward um 
And then you also, and then it's more so the parents actually that are the hardest part of the addition process with the kids, because you just want to make sure that you're going to gel with the parents a little bit more in conversation, because like, if you have the wrong parent on set, that's either over directing their kid, you know, to a degree, like they're kind of superseding you and they're like, or, or they're like really overly involved, like staring at the monitors and like kind of whispering to their kid off camera and like getting to their head. It's, you know, you kind of want to judge a little bit about like what their relationship with the parents can be because they, they determine so much of the performance of their child, which is fair. I mean, you want, you know, under, you want the kid, the parents to be involved in some way, but not like too yeah. much, I guess. Not a state. Yeah. yeah. Classic stage. Mom yeah. Or whatever. But I mean, I've never had like a really, I'm trying to think um, like, yeah, I guess the main thing is like, sometimes there's awkward experiences with how actors interact. Like if you're doing a, a chemistry read for a certain role, like when you're trying to give direction to two actors at the same time, but you're kind of behind a table. So you can't keep it as private. Cause ideally you'd want to be able to like have more of an intimate conversation with an actor, like one-on-one -on -one, or at least like not be shouting across a room to give direction to one actor while you're giving a different direction to another actor. It's like, that's always an awkward process. I feel like when you're trying to like navigate an awkward space of giving direction in the audition in chemistry reads, um, where maybe like someone's doing a really great job, let's say, and the other person's not really performing to the degree which you'd like, or that's that's meshing well with this person, but like not putting them down or not making them in their head is always like a tricky thing to be like, I really have no notes for you, but I have a lot of notes for you, <laughs> you know, yeah. without making it seem like that apparent. That's always like an awkward thing to balance, I would feel like. <laughs> You're like, can uh, I give classic. you each uh, a couple of notes real quick? You talk to one guy for five seconds. You're doing great. You go to but, the other guy. You're there for 30 minutes. And then you're just like, <laughs> all right, let's give it another go. The person who's like, you only have so much time too. like, you only have like really 15 minutes for max for an audition because unless yeah. you're like maybe deep into it, but even then you want to be respectful of their time. The classic one is when you both walk out of the room and you're both heading toward the door of the office, like to go to your car and then, oh, wait, Jimmy, could we, could we keep you in here for a minute? You're like, can you do another one? Do you have time? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then, right, can you stay with this see, next person? You know, see you later. yeah, like, yeah. And then the other one goes, like, which it can actually mean either thing. Like, it can mean they want to try more with you and they're like, they love that person, no questions. Or it's like, we don't need that person, but we do want to try you with one other person, you know? Yeah. It's always it is, like, it's always, I say, it's definitely helpful with a casting director because they can do a lot of the work for you too. I do think it's interesting. I think above all, the, I think the, uh, the takeaway from all this should be that don't worry so much about what you're doing. Everybody's way more focused on if they're doing it right or wrong. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's, I, I feel like uh, I, I take, take every audition with a grain of salt and, and just think, assume everybody is all way more worried about what they're doing. And, uh, and that's why I think I'm able to go in there and, fuck it up and act like an idiot every single time. Cause even if I do that, they won't notice. I think that's very true. That's good. That's sage advice. You know, everyone, at least if they're not an, an ego, 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 maniac, ego, maniac. Yeah. Yeah. An I can't, I can't want to say ego, like ego waffles, a, a waffle fanatic, <laughs> a waffle, uh, a waffle. A waffle that's, that's a different thing. <laughs> Wait, no, I can't say it now. And I just, I just want to say ego maniac <laughs> an ego maniac. As long as they're not that, they're not on their head. I think that you're right. Everyone is just kind of trying to do the best job. Possible. I mean, everyone has the same goal. They want to make the yeah. best thing possible. So I think just trusting that yeah. is, is very helpful to not taking things personally too. And yeah. also so many, so many things are out of your control as far as being an actor and, and being a director, you know, but for, as an actor, it's like, it might not even be about performance. It might just be a slight, like something that has nothing to do with even you. It could be like matching up looks in some way that 
you know, it just fits a certain, fits a certain thing or, or something that's just like a consideration that's not nothing to do with performance necessarily, you know, or performance wise, maybe it's just like, it's just, it's just, maybe you saw, you know, uh, in and of yourself, give a great performance, but maybe just in how you mesh with someone else or how you feel like the energies will be between the different characters. Like you want to balance that out in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's huge of like, if you, if you are an actor of going into these things and knowing that whatever it is, it's like, it could be your two or not enough of anything. Or also and, something so or just, simple as like, Oh, we already cast my cousin as the mom and she has red hair. So I don't want to cast you who you have black hair, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah that's like anything. not a quality thing. You know, it's like you were the best actor in the world, you know, but we went with this person, you know, it's like, yeah, I think that's a big thing of, of to not take it too harshly or just as like, if you give it your all and, and you are taking it seriously to, to like, not just wasting people's time, I think then you're going to be fine regardless. Like, I mean, you might still end up homeless and poor or whatever, if you decide to go full forward with it. But I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean you're a shitty actor. All right. So I guess final piece of advice, right? Yeah. Like if you want to move to LA make the jump, I guess. Right. It's all, Do it. absolutely. I think that's where you'll find community there. You'll find good groups. You'll find the energy to make projects. Right. Be ready Don't, for the long game. Yeah. Long game. That's key. I mean, nothing, I mean, some it's people are over successes, but it's like, I think it truly is like five, 10, 15 years of just like grinding it out. Cause like if you, you if said, you, if you just like stick it out and have a good attitude and work hard, it's like eventually things will come to you and you start, you start meeting people and getting a network built. Like, like, you know, people talk about, Oh, you got a network. It's like, you just gotta be a cool human and like meet up with other people you think are cool and that you're enjoying. Dude, but that's, so there's yes. no such thing as like, I mean, well, no, I think nobody it, cool when people is talk handing about out their networks. Card. It's like, it's, it's, it can put in a, a bad idea yeah, it uh, feels, where it's like, Oh, so like you got to play people into making. Yeah. And it's like, no, just no, you got to network in the sense of like, just make friends and be a good dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean you're like schmoozing and handing out business cards yeah, and yeah, saying sure. like, I can get you a good deal on being an actor or whatever. Like, here's my card. It's like, cause there's nothing oh. that rubs people off, at least rubs me off the wrong way when people are immediately like jump into like, who do you know? What do you do exactly? Kind of thing. Like, I, I hate that. It's one of the most prevalent questions in LA, I feel like, but mm -hmm. which is fair, I guess, to ask those things. But it's more so like people are asking it in a way to like judge your status and yeah, to see, I, like, I hope it's, yeah, I'm like, without yeah, getting I'm, to know you. I'm you know? super guilty of that, but I think it's just because I'm interested in like, but if it's like a genuine, is that's fine. Yeah, you can kind like, of sense I when think it's like it comes more across. I yeah. just it's, love, like, what are you into? What are you up to? Oh, yeah, pottery. Yeah. What the, how do you, you know, do you use yeah. the wheel? What do you do? You know, like, yeah. Yeah, but it, you know, I think that's completely fair. But when it's like, oh, what's your next project? Which is fine. But like, if that's your first question when you, when you meet somebody, where it automatically feels like you're trying to use like, them, you're use them in some way. I mean, everyone's, I guess, I mean, you can, I don't want to say like use, but you, you obviously are looking to work with people. So that's helpful to know sometimes, obviously. Yeah, but, but it's all about how you genuine. come off, you know, yeah, genuine. Being genuine. Like, it's fair to ask those questions like, oh, yeah, what are you up to? Like, what are you doing? Like, that kind of thing. But you can sense when it seems more like, they're more interested Pick up in just RSD. like, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just be genuine, be genuine. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. You just don't need to trick people. <laughs> like you don't need to trick people into like wanting to be around you. Just be a good dude. So they want to be around you. <laughs> like, I don't know. I do think that's a huge aspect of it. And I think the whole way that people talk about networking is 
av- people get the m- wrong idea for sure. And if and if you're the type of person, if you're like me, the type of person who does need to trick people into being around you, just just make a podcast about deals. It's the only way you're going to get people to, to want to spend by any time with to you. be here. <laughs> this is fun, guys. I feel like we, I feel like Liam, you're right. We got to do a part two of this. Got to get yeah. actually into the set life at some yeah. point, which where people really get crazy. That was yeah. That is the that is when it gets really hectic. But I think it's good. We start off with like just introducing the journey of moving to LA and what that leap is like and kind of what the initial part of production is for both sides. I mean, it's not necessarily the first part of production on my side, but I think when the acting and the, and the movie life meet, I think that's where it starts is the audition process. So good yeah. to start there. Yeah, I, I've got a, a cliffhanger for the next step. If we want to get into uh, like on set, uh, some a story will be shared where blood is shed done. Done, done. Uh, done. I also want to tune in, then I don't know what else will. I yeah. also have a story where blood was shed. Done, 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 done. Any any film set that Sam and I have been on, there has been <laughs> people that lost quite a bit of blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, that about wraps up part one of this series, making it in showbiz for us. We dealt with auditions, we talked about moving to Los Angeles. And next week, we're going to talk all about on-set stories. The good, the bad, the ugly, and all of the blood, real and fake, that we may have caused on sets. What a teaser. I know. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time on What's the Friggin' Deal. Yeah, bye bye guys. Let's go.